Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Acquisitions Anonymous. I'm Mill Snell. Me and Bill D'Alessandro talk about a really interesting business today. Uh, it's an Axial deal. It's a high-end marketing agency, which we know you've heard that before, but it's a high-end marketing agency for uh, dental practices. It's got some really unique attributes. We uh, talk in a lot of detail about that niche and what that means and is it really worth something and what kind of competitive advantages does it actually provide. They're doing like 1.4 million in EBITDA. Um, so we talk about that size and what that means for possible financing. Uh, we talk about some in-depth kind of tactics uh, when it comes to customer acquisition that Bill really knows a lot about. I think it's a really good episode and I think you'll enjoy it. Big thanks to our sponsors and hope you enjoy the episode. Are you looking for a small business to acquire? Well, this book right here is the Bible for people in your shoes. It's the Harvard Business Review Guide to Buying a Small Business. It's the go-to book. But here's the problem. You see this whole book and this little bit? This is the only part that talks about the hardest part of buying a business, finding the right one to buy. And the bad news is it's full of outdated advice and stuff that doesn't work anymore. I'm Michael Gridley. I own 12 companies, including a couple that go out and buy more companies themselves. And I have a podcast where we look at new businesses to buy each and every week. I've looked at thousands of businesses for sale, and I've bought and sold nearly 20 of them. And I'm telling you, the old ways, they don't work anymore. So I made a course with the latest and the greatest, and it's called How to Find a Great Business to Buy. It's laser focused on the new way to run a business search with what works today. So you can play smarter than the sea of buyers who are out there competing against you to try to buy these businesses. And you can get the deal that was meant for you. In the course, you'll learn three things. One, how to narrow your search with a tight thesis. We're hunting with a rifle here, not shotguns. Two, how to scale your outreach to get the most possible leads. This is a numbers game after all. And three, how to run your funnel like a pro so you can boil down thousands of leads to find your one great deal. Plus, you'll get a couple of exclusive Chili's jokes that I've never published before. So what's not to love? Go to girdly.com slash great business to take the course today. Oh, yeah. Another day, another Acquisitions Anonymous. I am Bill with the new camera setup. New camera setup. Come <laughs> see me on YouTube. I'm just glad to be back because I have missed you guys for two weeks because I had a baby. And then Mills, you were the only one kind enough to show up for my first episode back. <laughs> it was it was a momentous occasion. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's good to be back. I'm I'm sure the listeners yeah, yeah. have missed me. I have missed y'all. Well, whatever camera you invested in, it was well worth it because you look very well rested. Looks like you've been sleeping through the night. You know, no no baby fatigue. And none of those things are true. So the camera really is <laughs> <laughs> magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we have got another Axial deal today. Um, just a reminder, if you guys are new to the pod, uh, Axial.net is uh, kind of like a marketplace. It's like biz buy sell, but higher end. So everything on Axial is represented by an intermediary, usually, um, and just generally a little bit bigger, a little bit higher quality businesses. It's vetted. You have to apply to get on. Um, so we have started doing more and more from Axial just because we find that they're higher quality businesses. So we've got another Axial one today. Mills, you want to take us into it? Yeah, this is super interesting. 1.4 million EBITDA high-end marketing system for dental firms. That is, it could go one of two ways, right? This could be just a run-of-the-mill like agency doing marketing work, or they could be hyper-specialized and have some you know unique distribution or unique set of tools or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to learn about this one. I have seen some businesses like this that are really good businesses. And I think this business illustrates how to do agency really, really well. 
All right. So the overview we have is explore a promising M&A opportunity with a company that has developed a distinctive marketing system tailored for small to medium-sized businesses. That is generic. So let's see where they go from here. <laughs> Focused on cost-effective customer acquisition, retention, reactivation, upsell, and real-time online tracking, the company has demonstrated success, particularly within the dental industry. Ding, ding, ding. Now, now we're hooked. Now I want to know more. Mm -hmm. uh, key attributes. One, cost-effective approach. The company's solution offers a cost-effective means for clients to acquire new customers with savings of up to 80% compared to traditional methods. So they're probably talking about just whatever they do versus, you know, paid customer acquisition, pay-per-click, whatever, whatever uh, run of the mill. Two, comprehensive system, a three-pronged approach encompassing internal marketing, database marketing via U.S. Postal Service, and external marketing provides a comprehensive solution for businesses seeking effect effective and efficient marketing strategies. Third, support services. In addition to core offerings, the company provides training and consulting services to assist clients in optimizing their marketing efforts. Industry presence, they say they have proven success currently serving the dental industry. The company has achieved notable success, surpassing industry norms and response rates. In terms of expansion opportunities, they say they have adaptable solutions. Company's success in dental sector does open up avenues for expansion into other industries, offering versatile applications for proven marketing approach. The investment appeal, they say it's a compelling acquisition opp opportunity unique marketing system, a lot of repetition here. Um, all right, so on the financials, we've got 2021, 2022, and 2023 estimates. So not sure if this was, if this teaser was created mid-2023 or who knows, but um, revenue, top line, 2021, they did 4.7 million. 2022, 5.2 million. And 2023, 5.9 million. Uh, their year-over-year -year growth was, you know, low double digits, kind of low teens. EBITDA in 21 was 0.8 million, about $800,000. 2022 was a million. Uh, 2023 estimate was 1.4 million. So EBITDA margins kind of being in that 17, then 19, and 24% range. Uh, they say that they're just looking for a sale, change of control, and we don't have a specific geography, but uh, it seems like it's kind of geography agnostic. Bill, what do you think? So I'm really interested in this because I think the thing that people don't understand is that dental practice is a business, just like a lawyer's office is a business. Just, you know, all of these, what you view as kind of a professional services provider, right? You just go get your taxes done, your teeth cleaned, or, you know, your knee fixed or whatever. They're all businesses. You're their customer. You're their patient, but you're also their customer. And they need to acquire new customers. You don't just open a dental practice hang a shingle and hope people drive by and get veneers, right? Uh, and this, I think, works especially well in dental because a lot of dental is cash pay. Rather than, Now, you know, some people do have dental insurance, but a lot of stuff, veneers, like a lot of cosmetic dentistry stuff is big ticket cash pay. Um, so you, I mean, look in the dental industry, there's marketing, right? People with white teeth, like, hey, you're, have you ever thought about getting veneers? Hey, have you ever gotten, you know, all those fillings? you know, retainer, change your jaw, bite, like all that stuff. Those are cosmetic procedures not covered by insurance, cash pay, great margins. So what I love about this is like the bad version of this business would be, we're a digital marketing agency. We serve all kinds of professionals. 
blah, 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 right? And it just seems so generic. But what these guys are is they go, screw all that, dentists. Hey, dentists, Mm -hmm. we are for you. We only do dentists. We know everything about dental. When you say palate expander, I know what you mean, right? We're we're Mm -hmm. not going to write stupid copy that's, you know, (laughs) making your patients think you're a moron. Like we do dental. So when they walk into a new dental practice and say, we can do your marketing, they're so much more credible than the miscellaneous digital marketing firm, right? So I love the way they have taken, you know, customer acquisition consulting, digital market consulting, and productized it and got hard at an yeah. end market. I love that. What you love too about this is they could go in and say, you know, hey, they could talk shop. We, hey, what are you doing currently? And when they hear a couple things, they probably know the rules of thumb to say, oh, if you're doing X, Y, and Z, it's probably costing you, you know, $10, $15, $100, whatever it may be uh, on your customer acquisition cost on average. And then they can really delve in and say, hey, look, part of me wonders, can they actually do this for 80% cheaper? Who knows? Probably not 80% cheaper. That wouldn't be sustainable. But who knows? Once you dig in, you may find that, you know, there is something there. Well, I think they can also come into a dental practice and say, oh, you're not doing this tactic. We know all of other clients who do this tactic bring an extra 50 patients a month in, right? I I got 10 examples of that. Like, do you want another 50 patients a month? Like there's clear ROI on our services, just say yes, right? So like that level of kind of productized uh, industry-specific consulting, I think is the way that when if you were to enter a big market like marketing consulting, right, a digital marketing firm, Mm-hmm. There's, you can't kick a rock without hitting 12 of them, but like a dental specific one that smashes that industry, I think you can create a lot more enterprise value and competitive differentiation there. I think too, you get like within this niche, dental, ortho, vets, you know, it's like a herd mentality, not in a bad way, but like as soon as somebody learns about a new trick, everybody's kind of racing to go use it, right? And until that competi- that competitive edge is like competed away. And so I think this is one of those things where you kind of have to constantly be innovating and learning. I was super surprised that they said U.S. Postal Service. Were you? Did that shock you? No. So uh, postcard direct mail is insane. So I'll look back to the future. In 2023, 2024, Mm -hmm. postal direct mail is having a massive resurgence because clicks have gotten so expensive Mm -hmm. on the Internet. And everybody over the last decade, like, abandoned the mail and all ran to Facebook. And now everybody's going, wait a minute, uh, you know, direct mail actually did work. Uh, people and still check their these, mail. Um, <laughs> yeah. People still check their mail every single day, right? And it's not quite as attributable, but it does work. Uh, so there's kind of this new wave of digital marketers that are attacking postal mail in a more automated, attributable, software-centric way. Um, I'm actually an investor in one called Postpilot, which does it for, uh, for e-commerce. Um, so I'm not at all surprised they're doing database marketing via postal service. They're probably, what they're probably doing here, so let's kind of break down what they say they're doing. A three-pong approach, internal marketing, database marketing via postal service, and external marketing. So what's that mean? Internal marketing uh, in e-commerce, we would call this retargeting, or we would call this retention marketing, right? You come to the yep. dentist once, like we want to make sure you come back for your checkout next year where we're going to sell you some other service once you're in the chair. <laughs> like you don't want churn in your customer base. So there's a whole, if you're in a dental practice and you're not doing like really good retention marketing, you're always bleeding, right? So stopping hmm. the leaky bucket is internal marketing. 
database marketing via U.S. Postal Service. That would be, so what is database marketing? It basically says, like, let's find all the information about all the people in Charlotte, North Carolina, say, and segment the households by age, by whether they have kids, by whether they, you know, their income, by the neighborhood. Income bracket, yeah. Yeah, in their neighborhood, all that stuff. And let's create a targeted blast. This is what they used to do before Facebook could target you better than that, right? (laughs) Uh, So that's database marketing via the Postal Service. Uh, And then external marketing would be sort of everything else. Like, let's go get new people who might want veneers and come to our dental practice. And I'm sure that encompasses everything from Facebook ads to billboards. What are people doing on these kind of direct mail? And like, is it a postcard? Is it scan a QR code? Is it coupon generated? Like, I I know that there have been all these cycles where like, I think the first people who use Groupon, it was really good. And then it was like, a kiss of death for your business, you know, things like, I wonder like, what is the tactic right now on postcards for something like this? Cause you got to think the average order value for a dentist is in the probably what three to $500 range. Okay. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds hundreds of thousands. Like it's a lifetime value of the customer is definitely tens of thousands. Cause I mean, I've been to the same dentist since I was a kid, you know, (laughs) like every six months, a cleaning, you know, x-rays once a year, whatever. Yes. And it's so, and this is the other huge insight, I think. So I feel like I'm entitled to say this because my dad is a a doctor, he's a surgeon. Surgeons, dentists, like dermatologists, like all these people, great medical practitioners, horrible business people, horrible marketers. I mean, like they don't want to uh, do marketing. They want to clean teeth. Like that's what they're in. That's what they went to school for. That's what they're really good at. That's what they like doing. Like they don't want to do accounting and do marketing and all that stuff. So if you can go to one of these guys and go, I'm going to check the marketing box for you. I'm just going to send you a whole bunch of customers and you don't have to think about that crap. Like they're going to love you. Um, and they're so bad at, so my dentist who I've also gone to for a long time, when I lived in Denver, I went to another dentist for a long time. They emailed the Denver, the Denver dentist. I've been back in North Carolina for three years, three years. I randomly get an email from the Denver dentist. You know what the email is? It's December 24th. Merry Christmas from the dental, <laughs> the dental practice in Denver. I'm like, oh, thank you for reminding me to unsubscribe. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, that was they the first email up. they'd sent in their list in three years. They signed Merry up. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> they signed up for retargeting. They were like, you know what? We really have not made use of this. We need to be top of mind for people. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I know it was, I, I just laughed my ass off. So like that is the like table stakes. Like that's what most dental practices are doing. Merry Christmas every three years. So I would imagine that this firm can probably drive a lot of very measurable ROI to a dental practice. And they probably also understand because they're focused on dental, the margin structures of a dentist, what procedures actually drive profit and which ones are, you know, insurance or Medicare or whatever. And and we don't want any more of those customers. So they can probably walk in and go, I'm pretty sure veneers are a good one for dentists. So they can go like, here's exactly the marketing campaigns that we used in Kansas City to drive a ton of veneer customers. Let me come to Charlotte, North Carolina and drive a ton of veneer customers. And there's infinity small dental practices. Okay, so then the question becomes, why is this business not bigger? That's fair. I mean, it is grow. I want to know how old it is. So we have three years of financials, right? Because it has grown. I mean, EBITDA has almost doubled from 2021 to 2023. It's gone from 800,000 to 1.4 million. In, in three years. So, yeah, I mean, I don't hate that. If this business is like four or five years old, it's awesome. If it's 20 years that. old, you know, like then they've pivoted to the digital age and now there's like some legs. <laughs> yes. 
I would hope it's four years old, three or four or five years yeah. old, uh, which it probably is. I mean, it's a digital marketing system. I would th- so like if if you get an NDA on this thing and you find out that this is a relatively young business and that they've been kind of digital from the get go and they've been in dental since the get go and this isn't like something they've just started doing. Um, if this is like the pure play, we do great marketing for dental. If it's 25 years old and it's been, you know, 600, 800 and EBITDA forever, I would want to understand why is it suddenly 1.4? How long have they been doing dental? What did they start doing differently? Maybe it's flat mills for 20 years and then it inflects in the last two because they started doing something different. Yeah. They found something that worked or they hired somebody who's like, Hey, I have an idea. Mm -hmm. The other thing about this that's interesting is like, so the marketing focus is niche, but there's so many other like complementary services and vendors that are niche in this industry in particular, like Constellation Software is known for, you know, niche software services. Yes. And I think one of the verticals that they've done really well in is dental software. And so you look at like practice management, patient management, file management, the dentist practiced are not necessarily using the same software suite as the ophthalmologist or, you know, right. the, you know, orthopedic surgeons. And so you've had this like amazing kind of um, entrenchment within software as a service for these niches. And it makes you wonder, like, is the who's the best buyer for this business? Is it somebody who has maybe even not like some connection with the software services, but just understands, you know, SaaS sales and kind of enterprise sales to to these niches and can go, oh my gosh, yeah, we could dovetail really nicely with fill in the blank, you know, software name. And we know they control 60% of the dental software market and we can help them plug in and, you know, create some API and retarget. Like you could massively open this thing up if you had a little bit of, you know, a head start. All right. Taking a quick pause here. I have something to tell you. This is Michael. I hate bookkeeping. I hate bookkeeping. I hate doing HR. I hate doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, But for bookkeeping, I have found a solution. It is um, my friend Charlie's business called cloudbookkeeping.com. So that's cloudbookkeeping.com. They are your perfect partner. If you want to get bookkeeping out of your hair and focus on making your company, your customers happier and more successful. So um, please give them a call. Call Charlie, cloudbookkeeping.com. Tell them we sent you. Uh, they're a great way if you're a business buyer, if you're a business owner, you're tired of hassling uh, with getting your bookkeeping done. He's got a whole fleet of people that are well-trained and work for him. Uh, he's located here in San Antonio. So I can tell you because of that, he's awesome. And uh, they're a great partner for you to potentially call to help with all your bookkeeping needs so you can do the important stuff in your business uh, rather than worry about getting your books right. So uh, give Charlie a call, cloudbookkeeping.com. And now back to the episode. Yeah, I agree. If you know how to sell to dental practices, you are a killer buyer for this. Uh, I'm not saying you have to because it's not rocket science to find them, you know, but if you really, if you have a big network in dental and know how to sell in, this is a, this is killer mm-hmm. for you. So Mills, I will, I'll tell you a story about my very early career. Uh, when I was in high school, I worked at a place with a guy who did basically like outsourced IT support. He was like a very small MSP. Uh, and he specialized in dentists. So I would, I would spend summers and, and high school driving around to most of the dentists in Charlotte, North Carolina and working on their computers. Uh, so I got super familiar with like Dolphin Dental 
and like all of these like specialized softwares that dentists use to do all their imaging. Like if you ever go to the dentist, like they've got on the computer, they have like a map of your teeth, like they're marking out where your cavities, there's, it's very specialized and it's doing appointment management and all that stuff. There's, it's like ERP for dentist office with the imaging and everything built in. And it's breaking all the time because, <laughs> because at the time, none of it was SaaS. It was all running on a server in their closet. So I was spending my summers at dentist's office. So I know intimately what you're talking about. They all have their own software stack and all they want to do is clean teeth. Like they were so glad when we got there. They were like, just make it be fixed so I can, I can do more teeth. You know, they didn't want to think about yeah, it at all. We just want to make sure that our schedule's full and we don't have to worry about, you know, XYZ breaking down. Yes. And when you talk to them, a lot of times they will even talk about uh, like utilization, like how full is my schedule? Like when they have mm-hmm. air gaps, they don't make money. Right. So there is even yeah. like the marginal, like you would be willing to fill an empty, you'd be willing to pay a different CAC depending on how full your schedule is. Right. If you're a dentist. So I think this is a great opportunity for a sophisticated marketing firm to come in and say, hey, based on how full your schedule is, you know, let's calibrate our marketing for this week or next week or next month. Yeah. And let's, let's like fill those empty spots and, you know, retarget to people who maybe, had canceled and haven't rebooked or, you know, easy kind of low hanging fruit. That's, I think the thing that's so cool about specialization, like to a marketer, this is basic stuff, right? Like basic remarketing, basic reactivation and retention, you know, what's the CAC that we're willing to spend for veneers and how do we get them? But to a dentist, this is wizardry, right? It's wizardry and it will change their business if it gets dialed in right. Uh, and that's, that's my favorite part about business, to be honest, is like to get in your wheelhouse and mine is marketing and e-commerce and then to go help other people like with the, where you're in your water and then to see other people in their water, uh, and you know, have them help you or invest with them because I'm never going to be, you know, with our friend, Chris powers, I'm never going to be as good at real estate as Chris, like never, I spent my whole life. Right. But it's yeah. so cool to watch him. Uh, and you know, I'd rather just invest with him and watch what he does. It's great. He makes it look easy. He, he makes it look easy. You know, he does. <laughs> yeah. To give you an example, my dentist does not have my email address. So I think that is like part and parcel for the whole industry. <laughs> you know, they still give me a little card, like a business card, and they write my next appointment time on it. And I'm like, you could just like send me a calendar invite, but mm-hmm. no, not happening. Yeah. And so this is an example, by the way, Mills, of like why specializing in dentists, like if your generic digital marketing firm comes in, they go, okay, great. How many people you got on their email list? And the dentist is like 27, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the, mar- yeah. the, yeah. the marketing firm is like, well, okay. Uh, if they're ethical, they'll say, okay, see you later. If they're unethical, they'll charge you, you know, $1,000 a month to email 27 people. Um, but yeah. this yeah. firm, I would hope if you're specializing in dental marketing would say, no problem. We see this all the time. Here are our tactics to gather email addresses from your entire base, right? Here's what we're going to do at the front desk. Here's how we're going incentive, to incentivize giving the email, blah, 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 blah. And in a couple months, you've got all your clients' emails, right? That's what you can do if you're engaged in this industry versus if you're just a kind of a carpetbagger. If you're also selling to, you know, flower shops and, you know, car salesmen, you know, it like you, you don't have that inside knowledge, but you're right. All of a sudden you go from just like kind of a software slash service, you know, on like on retainer to being able to charge that plus kind of a consulting layer to say, hey, 
we can actually help you roll this out. And here's the tips and tricks of how you get better buy-in, better retention, you know, better adoption from your team. And it doesn't sound like that's their model. I mean, it seems like they are maybe a little bit hands-on because they say they kind of do, you know, some kind of, you know, additional services that kind of support services, they call it. But you got to think, I mean, the people who really probably just knock the cover off the ball on this are the ones who are like, we will help grow your business and we will ride coattails and charge more along the way. Yes, exactly. Like when you get rich, we get rich. Like that's the best business model in the world, right? Um, The most ethical, like it's wonderful to do business that way. Um, Yeah. One thing that bugs me about this listing that bugs me about almost any listing is they just cannot resist saying the company's success in the dental sector opens avenues for expansion into diverse industries, which is the exact thing you should not do Based on everything we've talked about, this business has $6 million of revenue and $1.4 million of EBITDA. Until this business is 10 times bigger, you shouldn't think about anything but dentists for one freaking second. That's a great point because it's so tempting. Yeah. You know, to say, maybe should we go try this with chiropractors or something? But yes, you you have not even gotten close to saturating, saturating the market or, you know, building the right support structure. And I don't know what that is. It's something about entrepreneurs' brains, like the shiny object syndrome. It, it like they're like, oh, I know. Like, let's go get ten chiropractors. Like, no, no, hit you with newspaper. No, like, <laughs> go get ten more dentists. What are you doing? It's way more easy to get ten more dentists and just do the same thing. Way more easy, right? Then try to get ten chiropractors, yeah. and now you got two divisions that are both subscale. Like, what are you doing? More dentists until yeah. there are no more dentists. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then sponsor a dental school. So when the new dentists are coming out, they use you like (laughs) they're signing up right away. Yeah, Like (laughs) dentists until the end of time, Uh, like stay in that circle of competence. But every broker, I feel like is obligated by some broker bylaw to put that in there. Like you can Mm -hmm. or you could totally ruin this business by chasing shiny objects, (laughs) getting distracted. Yeah. 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 What do you think something like this sells for, Bill? Because it's not software. It's really like a conglomerate of probably services and tactics and, you know, commercially available software and and Mm -hmm. things like that. I mean, if it's let's assume it's everything we think it is, which is, you know, a modern business that is really focused on dental and really understands dental, you know. I don't know. I think it probably trades 4X, trades at 4X. I think it trades, you know, like a normal-ish small business. you know, maybe if it's like exceptional, you get four and a half, you know, but if it's, if it's less exceptional, you're down in the three range, but it's got nice growth. It's got a million four of EBITDA, yeah. you know, is it big enough that you're not flying super close to the trees? Like you're beyond buying yourself a job at this point, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's why I think it's a, you know, high threes, low fours. I think Heather would probably tell us if she were here that this is very hard to do SBA because there's no assets, no hard assets. But isn't that sort of the point of SBA though, right? Like the PG, you are the assets. I just think they're going to look at it and say, okay, the collateral's limited. How like how durable is this? Could it kind of move out from underneath you? You know, I think it it it's at the right size to be under probably or flirt with, you know, that that five and change cap of SBA. So I think it it's probably in the right size range, but I, I think unless you're somebody with some kind of edge and industry experience, it they, they probably have a hard time getting comfortable. If you're just an outsider who's like, 
I've been a, a golf pro before this and I want to go try it. You know? That's true. Cause it does seem specialized. The other thing Heather would tell us, uh, is that they would look at customer concentration. You know, if you have like two big dental groups that you're doing marketing for, this is much scarier. Yep. Right. Cause you got one leave and you're, and you're in trouble. So they'll, they'll look at that. And they'll also, you'd want to look at just for you also length of contract, you know, like do customers stick around or are you, as the marketing firm, always having to acquire new dentists because they churn after three months? Obviously, that would be bad. Yeah. If you're acquiring dentists and they stick around for three or four years, I mean, that is killer, right? Because now you've got yeah. back on your side. What's it cost you to acquire a dentist? What are they worth? How long do they stay? And so you want to look at that kind of CAC to LTV model for yourself here as the marketing provider. Because I would think, I mean, I would think you could bill a dental practice thousands of dollars a month for this service. So, I mean, you're, you're mid five figures LTVs easy, which by the way, is like Salesforce territory. Like you can hire human beings to call dentists and visit them with LTVs like that. I wonder what the employee base is like on this. Like, do you think that there's, you know, full-time W2 employees, or do you think a lot of this is like subbed out, farmed out, offshored? Well, so offshore and full-time is not mutually exclusive anymore here in 2024. No, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking like, you know, captive in the office. They're all sitting in one place full-time, 40-hour a week, you know. Uh, I think you probably have full-time, 40-hour a week, but I don't think you have an office for this thing Um, because it's inherently virtual, right? Like you can do dental marketing in in Cleveland as well as you can do in Miami. Um, So it's inherently virtual, I don't think this place needs or would have a big office, but I do think full-time employees would be really valuable here because you as the marketing firm are trying to build up this institutional knowledge around dentistry, right? You want your employees to build up some institutional knowledge around how to do dental marketing. Um, And then you also want to, and this is another thing I would diligence, you also want to actually be writing down that tribal knowledge. Like if you just have a whole bunch of, if the specialization of your firm in dental is actually just the specialization of the people that work at your firm in dental, that's not the same thing, right? You need This company needs to be getting knowledge out of the heads of its employees so that when they can hire new employees, they go, let me train you on how to do dental marketing. Here's the whole guidebook, right? That's much more valuable. It's interesting. It is interesting. I usually hate marketing firms also, uh, but I love mm-hmm. how focused and productize this is on one industry and it's a good industry because it has high ticket values and it's a it's the kind of the white collar professional who like just wants to clean teeth doesn't want to do marketing right so you can really they just want to farm it out to you so i i really like how this is positioned and productized you notice it's called a high-end marketing like i've never seen anybody say marketing firm marketing agency just plainly, it's always high end. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's it's they look at an intermediary. Everything's high end. It's, it's yeah. market leading. <laughs> it's you know top tier. It's all those things, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the one of the largest in the country is the other one. It's like they can't all be the largest. Okay, uh, no, no. Um, and speaking of largest, like I'm sure there are bigger ones. I would also be interested in: do they have a bunch of independent dentists, or you know, there's a bunch of uh, dental roll up groups. You know, there's a ton of roll-up going on in dental right now. And I would imagine if you could get in with one of these dental roll-up groups, they're probably going to try to in-house you at some point as like a shared service. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> um, like we spend a million dollars a year with you. We're going to do it ourselves for half. That. Right. But that actually, by the way, could be an interesting buyer. Uh, if, if there's a roll-up that doesn't have that and wants to add it and they want to add it like that, 
maybe they want to buy it. Uh, this well, is a good, good one. That was a fun one. This is a good one. Uh, thank you to Axial. See, like, like I said at the beginning, the Axial ones are usually interesting. Um, that's why I like them. Yeah, there's, this, is, this is unique. Yeah, it's good. Um, well, cool. Uh, Mills, thank you for being the only one to greet me back to the podcast post paternity leave. I'm here. I'm here for you, Bill. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I will, uh, <laughs> I'll be back again next week, and I will see you and maybe some other folks then. Yep. Thanks for joining us, everybody.